Thanks for tuning in, guys. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Lead Farmer Clothing. For those of you who ask where you can get my shirts, leadfarmerclothing.com has them. You can pick up a full mag shirt or an agricultural operator mashup, all of which are shipping right now. These shirts aren't cheap quality, mass-produced garbage like you see and a lot of places that have that 100% cotton, heavyweight feel with the really thick vinyl lettering and stuff on them. This is all super lightweight, premium quality touch screen printed, all that good stuff. Um, I, you know, most of the time whenever I'm filming out in the desert, I just can't, as much as I like some people's shirts, I, I just can't wear a lot of them because of the, the really heavy materials that aren't breathable. And whenever it's 115 degrees out, 120 here recently, it's just, I'm, I gotta have that breathable lightweight stuff. And so, um, when you try these shirts out, hit me up. Let me know what you think about them. But um, they're some of the lightest weight shirts out there. Uh, they're extremely breathable. breathable. I can't even talk. Uh, speaking of breathable, uh, right now, uh, you guys have been asking about the hats that I wear in, in videos and stuff like that. So I, um, I generally just have them made, like maybe five or ten of them at a time. And then I'll just hang on to them in case something happens in a shoot or something like that. But I decided to go ahead and do a little bit larger run, uh, limited quantity, just to see what you guys think. So uh, right now when you go to leadfarmerclothing.com, I have two different styles of hats that you guys can check out. There's a blended operator hat, which is, uh, the blended means it has panels that are ripstop and it has some panels that are mesh. So uh, more breathable for the uh, arid desert climates or if you're in a rainy area or something you want the the full uh, standard operator hat that's just all ripstop panels you can check that out uh, also the underside of the brim kind of a cool feature I like I like adding little things here and there that are a little different than some hats out there uh, the underside of the brim has a very light velcro pile to it so you can pull your patch off of your hat stick it up under your brim if you need to if it's an offensive patch and you're walking in somewhere you don't want people to see what you're wearing or something like that you need to go stealth you can pull it off put it under there um, they're all velcro uh, one size fits all adjustable and everything uh, these are the hats that I wear in my videos, so feel free to pick one up. Uh, there's only a limited quantity of them out there right now, so if you want to grab one, I'm going to put a coupon code up for all you podcast listeners. Uh, I don't know how many of you there are, so I'm going to do 10% off. All you have to do is at checkout, just type in the coupon code podcast and you'll save 10% on your order. This episode is also made possible thanks to Black Rifle Coffee. Stop buying an overpriced hipster BS coffee, all right? Black Rifle Coffee not only offers a better tasting coffee, but a portion of the proceeds also goes to gun rights advocacy. So my two favorite roasts are Silencer Smooth and AK-47 Espresso. For those of you who haven't seen the videos I did with um, Sky John from Tipsy Bartender, uh, I got a video coming out probably in the next week. Uh, made an AK-47 Espresso Martini. That stuff is awesome. I love it. Um, also, if you're into the more bold roasts, they have Beyond Black and Murdered Out. And uh, if you don't have any time and you need to get some coffee, uh, you don't have time to make one, you need to reload a cup of joe on the go, Black Rifle Coffee now has K-Cups. They come in uh, 12 little bullet-sized uh, or bullet-designed 
uh, K-cups that come in an ammo can, 12-ton ammo can. So uh, if you need to get caffeinated and ready to go, check it out. Uh, I, I can't get over the packaging of this stuff. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's funny because most of the people I talk to, they, they absolutely love the coffee. But the draw is they see the website or they see the coffee roast, the names like caffeinated as fuck or better than a blowjob, all these other limited runs out there. And uh, they buy it because of that and it just looks cool. It's a cool gift. And then they actually make the coffee and they're like blown away by the flavors and uh, the caffeine and everything. So if you guys want to check that out, go to blackriflecoffee.com. It is the official coffee sponsor of the Full Mag Podcast. Today's guest is my good buddy, Coleon Noir. And for those of you who might not know him, his YouTube channel is Mr. Coleon Noir. He offers a very well-educated and very well-articulated perspective on firearms, reviews, and politics. Now, I've been a little bit reluctant to just record a podcast every single week. Um, so make sure you guys let me know on Twitter if you'd like to see me do these more frequent or only whenever I have a guest on the show. I don't know. I don't want to oversaturate you guys with content. So without any further delay, I give you Mr. Coley on the war. So like you kind of have a little podcast thing going on here. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know what's funny? The funny thing about this is I spent a lot of time, effort in setting this mm-hmm. up and obviously a little bit of money in it with the TriCaster and everything. Yeah. And I don't really have a whole lot of time to podcast. <laughs> and the the idea behind it is I, I'm, I'm kind of getting it to the point where I don't have to worry about. I can mm-hmm. just come in here. I can sit down, maybe on a weekly basis, just hit record and mm-hmm. just talk. Gotcha. If you come into town or somebody mm-hmm. comes into town, we can just have a conversation. There's no editing. It's just easy, and then people can kind of, you know, like the stuff that I do. People don't actually really get to see my perspective on a lot of things. They yeah. just see something that's kind of exhibitionist, and mm-hmm. that's it, and then it's done. We saw that gun. It's it's over. So this way they can see, like, oh, I'm busy. I've actually I'm. I've got a lot going on in life, you know, that I'm working on and stuff. I mean, that's usually the deal when you deal with people like us who, where people only really engage us through the end product. Yeah. You know, like there's there's really a lack of appreciation for what goes on behind the scenes. And I'm not asking for that appreciation, but oh, yes, there's a lot are. that goes yes, on. Yes, you are. Yeah, low key, man, but you weren't supposed to call me about it. <laughs> call me out about it. But um, but no, you're, but you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, I love the setup. I mean, I've always, you. I've always wanted to do a podcast myself. Um, you know, it gets a little weird talking to yourself about guns by yourself. Yeah, I think I think it just depends on how you want to set it up. You do it like this; it's very dictated by mm-hmm. having somebody in studio. Yeah, and I'm fortunate enough to have like friends, comedians, and stuff like that. I can just bring in on a weekly basis. That's what happens when you live in Cali? Yeah, that's right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but when it comes to you, I mean, you might be better suited with something on, say, Skype. Yeah, because you know exactly. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Google Hangouts, whatever Things it like is, that, yeah. you can you can do that, and you can have that conversation on a weekly basis, monthly, whenever you yeah. find time. So that's that, that's the key thing right there is the whole time thing oh yeah. that's a valuable yeah. thing you get older and you start realizing how much more valuable that is almost in money oh back in my day when there was not internet we had to walk 15 miles to find out what our neighbor status update was so <laughs> information overload my friend information it's great. overload it's great, it's great. Yeah. especially for us with add oh I mean, god 
you can. Which one, you can what, do you, what do you think came first, the chicken or the egg? Because I'm almost, I'm almost assuming that I didn't have ADD, but then when once technology kind of took off, because we were kind of in that generation where yeah. we grew up a large part of our period of life where we didn't have the technology, and then the latter half of our lives, that's when it kind of like spiraled out of control. I I don't know how old you are, but you know I, what I did. I, I did I, just assume that you were the same age as I am. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like, for me, I know I had ADD before the uh-huh. technology kind of. <laughs> Uh, increase in life because I can look at my report cards from first grade and stuff like that and uh, it's so funny like we'll go home for Christmas or something like that mm-hmm. and my mom will pull memorabilia out or something like that like old report cards and like like Richard is such an outstanding student but for some reason he likes to talk to other kids in the classroom <laughs> while class is going across the classroom <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that it's it's, it's funny yeah. now and everything but uh yeah i mean it, it, it definitely was something i've i've kind of been like ooh ooh Ooh, Squirrel. since I was a kid, yeah, yeah. yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lasort called. I don't me. say it because my dog will freak out. He oh, hears really? the S word. He's like, what, 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 what? Well, your dog freaks out every time he sees me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But <laughs> you being a you cat- did want me. So, so just so everyone knows, I don't. Who knows where this will be by the time this video goes yeah. up? But we, uh, we were going to the range yesterday, mm-hmm. and I found a stray. I was late. And the dog has like tons of ticks mm-hmm. and apparently has giardia and, and a lot of medical issues and everything. But I find this dog and I take him to the uh, vet and end up being late for our shoot. And I'm trying to think of a name for him if we end up keeping him. And you're like, just call him Noir. Noir. <laughs> it's a black lab. Like what? It's the problem. It's a black lab. Dude, I will never hear the end of it. Sure. Does it? Does it? Does it facilitate my narcissism? Yes, probably. <laughs> it's still a black lab. <laughs> and yes, you would get screwed uh, dude, royally. I, 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 I could have you saying you should call him Noir before every single time that I post anything about him, and people would still be like, "Dude, that's that's messed up." It's not like you're calling him Negro. <laughs> It's noir. It's Come here, boy. <laughs> I was like, why does he keep saying boy like that? It's very off-putting. He's so angry for a loving hey. father. <laughs> but I mean, come on. Like, I mean, now, granted, is it basic as hell calling a black lab noir? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I'll think about it. Yeah, I'll put it. it. I'll put it in the hat. I'll put it in the hat with other. Things. Don't call the dog noir. You'll yeah. never hear the end of it. But it, it's cool. It's cool. Like going going back to the the shoot and everything though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of ironic that you would shoot, uh, not your first fifty cal, but your first yeah. fifty caliber rifle, rifle. Yeah. In a state that banned it in two thousand four. Yeah. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> I, it's kind of cool. I love the irony because I get off on irony. Like yeah. I really love irony. Um. So the that that in you're itself, into some weird sexual stuff. I wouldn't go that far, man. <laughs> I don't would, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how that happens. Make the cut or not? Maybe this it, it, it will make the behind won't. the scenes. I, I, I can see the but produ- I want to hear this the, irony fetish the, that you're in. The producer's looking at me right now, and I know he's like, "Get, get back on subject. Get back on subject." And I'm not going to appease him. So, what tends to happen? How this happens? Is I, I kind of play up this act like I'm just down for whatever. Yeah. And then when it comes out, I'm like, what are you doing? And then it just it just gets weird after that. And then, you know, I got to go. Then, I can see yeah. I can see your your Facebook promotion, like <laughs> the, the little snippet, the clip of this be like irony fetish question mark. <laughs> I really do like irony. I like irony from from a, from a humor standpoint. Yeah, I no, I get it. I when totally it when it when it clicks just right, 
it's, yeah. it's just hilarious to me. I think more times than not, the irony in the state of California can be more frustrating than than. I've never met a state I love and hate so much at the same time. Yeah, it's 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 equally deplorable. It it I. I don't understand the cognitive reasoning that go, comes into play when they come up with some of these laws that they implement. Yeah. It, it, it totally blows my mind to the point where I'm speechless, and I'm never speechless. And I, I get here, and I look around. I'm like, this place is beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great place to live. The weather's awesome, which I'm pretty sure factors into the psychosis that is clearly apparent in a lot of the parts of states because the weather's so good so clearly yeah. the concept of reality escapes a lot of people because yeah. we're used to seeing hell and thunderstorms so well that's definitely <laughs> subjective too because you're like oh the weather's so great here and then the environment's going hey we yeah. need rain yeah you're right <laughs> we need rain bro i mean coming coming in we were flying in um we were coming in for landing and we just i, I think i spotted like three fires yeah. From the plane. Oh, yeah. Big Bear. Yeah. Big yeah. Bear has got a big fire. We actually yeah. went up there here uh, last weekend. Uh, they have a big fire going up there. Yeah, man. It's weird. It's kind of like it's a beautiful place destroying itself. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's one of those things where it's I, I love having these conversations with people and everything because it very much like the I hate using this because it's so cliche with us talking about firearms and everything. But it, there is that conversation where it's like there are natural cycles and stuff yeah. like that. And certain people are emotionally attached to certain things and don't want to see say a wildfire but sometimes it's necessary right yeah. because old growth and the decaying matter and stuff like that from multiple seasons of branches and stuff like that falling mm -hmm. down it needs to kind of it needs to be burned away so that the new growth the new saplings and stuff exactly. like that can come up and it helps the ecosystem yeah. and stuff like that it's kind of like the whole concept of hunting as, as, as a form of preservation absolutely um, absolutely <laughs> and, and 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 that's the thing is people have to set aside what their kind of shelter beliefs are mm -hmm. and realize that it, it's part of the cycle of nature and yeah i mean la isn't necessarily part of that cycle to that degree where hey we need to burn la down every every five years some would argue was, that you do yeah well, well maybe i mean especially people who are locked into specific cable service provider contracts and stuff like that like yeah we would like to have options here <laughs> but it, no it, it is time warner yeah oh, sorry <laughs> right it is it is one of those things though it's, yeah. it's like you know you need you need certain things to happen especially like with hunting it's it's hard for people to accept the fact that on the on the far left side or the, the organizations that are very about animal rights and stuff yeah. like that, well, they're very anti-hunting. It's like, no, it's actually part of the process. Sure. The males that aren't breeding anymore, you know, are potential thre threats to the mm -hmm. the uh, males in the ecosystem that are breeding and you know passing on their genetics and stuff like that and so it's like you need those are the ones you need to take out or problematic animals yeah. and stuff like that so it is all a part of nature and for a lot of people it's hard for them to accept that nature isn't fair it's not it's not this Disney well, film well I think in a lot of ways well then people, Bambi did die yeah, Disney Bambi Park. did or die. not Bambi uh, it's but, but no, Bambi. sorry Bambi that's <laughs> all you saw on that. Yeah, um, wait, did Bambi die? Or Not Bambi, Bambi's Bambi. mom. Bambi's mom died, yeah. Was it Bambi's mom? Yeah, one of the But parents, I think that I was know. part of it. But yeah. the way they showed it, it made it just seem so evil. Now, yeah. I don't remember the context why Bambi's mother died. Yeah. But was it was it a hunter? How did she die? I again? think it was a hunter. It yeah. was? It's so, it's so weird that we're speculating on such a, a big, yeah. iconic cultural piece of cartoon animation. I think well, that's but, because I think I was forced to watch Bambi. I don't think yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really remember it in the... But um, yeah, if they if they, I don't know if they got a, 
It's not like it was a buck and they were mountaining it or anything. Yeah. yeah but I, I mean, know. I just got back from um, uh, Yakima, oh, yeah? Washington, yeah, with uh, Christy Titus. Awesome. Yeah, she's a big bow hunter. Yeah. She hunts elk with bows, which completely baffled me initially. Yeah. But it was definitely an eye-opener. It was something that was outside of my frame of reference up until that point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's interesting how your perception on things really change as you start to engage them. Yeah. You know? Like your 50-minute spew about trying to get me to jump out of a damn plane. Um, it wasn't a spew. It was just a, it was a it was a friend trying to broaden your horizons and and get you to realize that you shouldn't be set in your ways all the time. I'm not setting. It's not that I'm set in my ways. It's just you remember that whole thing about being black and not doing extra things that are trying to kill you. <laughs> that that's what okay that okay. So we we got to fill everybody in on this because so so you come you come out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and I'm like hey. We should go to the drop zone, and we'll do a wingsuit formation flyby with you under canopy. And you're like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm a I'm cool. black male in America. We're in LA. <laughs> I got enough things threatening my life right now. I don't I, really need to add on to. Yeah, this. I don't need to add on to it. To I say, they can't catch you in the air <laughs> until I get down. That's true. That's yeah. true. And then but, if I come down too fast, then I'm really screwed. So you 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 coming out here? Did you have to deal with any type of regulations or anything like that? Did you have to get prepped on anything? Um, I did it on my own. Yeah. You know, and that was that was one of the the more eye opening aspects of it. Now I'm doing a lot more traveling than I used to, mm-hmm. and as a result, I find myself having to re-educate myself on all of the different laws in the different states. Yeah. Simply because I don't want to be a a, a headline. What do you do um, for that? What do you do for that? Do you, it, there like, are a myriad of things. And the thing is, it's like... Local PD, it's, DOJ, it's, or... No. It, 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 sometimes I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. You know? And it's it's literally, I'm forced to making a decision of, do I just not bring my gun? Do I just yeah. do I just leave it? Yeah. And not have to deal with it? Or, but then again, I'm like, I never know what situation I'm going to find myself in and where we go. Because we're not, me, producers, and crew aren't really always used to the environment, right? Yeah. And then, you know, we got us, we're rolling around with a lot of equipment on the move. You can usually tell we're not from there. So it's like, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, so what ends up happening is, you know, I'll, I'll jump online. Um, the NRA has a great source online that gives a breakdown of almost all the states. Really? A lot of people don't realize that. You know? huh. um, and it gives you an idea of what the character is of that particular state in terms of gun ownership, carrying, concealed, all of that stuff. Really? Yeah. And then I usually double it up. I'll go back. I have certain apps that I use on my phone. I'll mm-hmm. check multiple apps. It's like I just have to reinforce what one thing is telling me Absolutely. just to justify it because oh, you can get there. And even, and even doing all of that, like we talked about this also, yeah. as, as an attorney, I know how laws are written. I can interpret them. I can read them and understand what the language is trying to say. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that the cop who isn't an attorney yeah. who who comes across me and says you're doing that wrong yeah. means that I'm going to be able to go home that night. Yeah. I may I may beat the case. I won't beat that right yeah. though. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Laws are laws are enforced by those who are dictating the interpretation of exactly. it. And it it's it's really depends on the crapshoot of who who pulls you over or what their perception of the law yeah. is and then ultimately you could potentially end up having to go to court over something that you were completely justified for which is it's I mean, really frustrating. You live here. Speaking of frustration, look, considering what you do, right? You're out here in Cali and you shoot some amazing guns. You yeah. shoot crazy guns, right? Mm-hmm. And you 
I've watched you within a couple of days I've been here jump through so many hoops, have to deal with so much garbage <laughs> that literally in, in Texas, I just wake up and I'm like, hey, I'm like, let's go throw this in the car, throw this in the truck and go out and do what I have to do. But for you, it, it's literally like it's a song and dance every time it's you have funny. to do something. It's funny. Like, it's funny. Like, I've never really had a whole lot of people see behind the scenes what goes mm-hmm. on. And you being here riding in the truck with me arriving to the studio and everything yeah. and then seeing how much time i spend on the phone with the department of justice <laughs> is it's pretty it's it's, it's crazy yeah. like if, if i've if, never talked to the department of justice well it's, <laughs> man i i i should have a i should have a red phone to them <laughs> because the amount of time I, I kid you not i, I sh- i've got to the point where i started not communicating with them via phone oh, yeah I would do voicemails and emails because that's one way that I can track the amount of time. If I if I logged all the hours that I spent on the phone with them going back and forth on regs, it would I, it would cost me a lot of money. Yeah, I know. That's it, why I'm it, trying to talk well, you into hiring me so I can just charge you obscene <laughs> amounts for hourly. Well, I can't I can't afford it, <laughs> yeah, right? No, so that's exactly. that's what people yeah. are people are like people are like, well, you know, just hire an attorney to do. I couldn't afford it's that. Not that easy. I've I've yeah. spent so much time on this. I mean, the my dangerous weapons permit has been the better part of five years, and that's extremely frustrating for me uh, because I've I've jumped through all the hoops and we're still like they're trying to figure out what more regulations they're going to impose. Mm-hmm. And like it's funny because you you got to hear the conversation this morning where I'm like, no, you're discriminating against yeah. me because you've you've issued the permits on the same criteria to other manufacturers and i've 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 proven the exact same criteria met it and your investigators your your internal uh process has all approved me Mm -hmm. but you're just sitting on my my application so that you can come up with more regulations and and it just delaying the the process which is extremely frustrating Mm -hmm. to me um and it's not just it's not just california i mean there's there's sorry let me interrupt you but for somebody who's listening to this they're like well why don't you just move? Yeah, I, I get that. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Well, that's why you shouldn't live in California." And in my opinion, that's a defeatist attitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, if everyone were to have that attitude, and a new gun regulation were imposed federally, and it it be we'd all be in Africa. We, well, yeah, everybody'd be like, "Well, why don't you? Why don't you go to a country that that allows that?" No, yeah. I. That's that's this is my home. This is my, this is my fight. Yeah. you know, this is. This is my right, and this is my fight. You know, yeah, and no, I absolutely agree and, with you. So I, 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 I actually admire it. The the know? unfortunate thing is, it's cost me a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've had ambitious projects over the years where I wanted to get YouTube dot com slash guns off of the ground and bring mm-hmm. on other hosts and stuff like that, and I haven't been able to do it because I can't get through this this five year hurdle of the permitting process yeah. for this license, so I can T and E off roster firearms I into mean, the just, state. Just hearing how long you're waiting for certain things, like. Like for instance, like how, how long you've been waiting for like your suppressors? Um, well, the see, this, technically, I'm a manufacturer. Sure, uh-huh. So in Tennessee, I'm uh, a manufacturer of destructive devices. I'm an SOT manufacturer mm-hmm. and uh, firearms dealer manufacturer, um, and I've been that for a long time. But in California, I've been going through the permitting process. So as an out-of-state manufacturer, I can bring my stuff in as a representative for my my company. Gotcha. And and so you take companies like Glock. 
uh, Barrett doesn't sell to the state anymore of mm. California, but you take Barrett or Sig or somebody like that who has a representative in in the state, state yeah. and they're bringing out-of-state firearms into demo for law enforcement agencies or whoever, they issue them these things called the dangerous weapons permit, gotcha. which is off-roster uh, firearms with like 15-round magazines or the you mean machine guns. guns I, regular guns that I consider regular yeah, but guns. But also, also, yeah. also things like machine guns okay. or suppressor PDWs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, and so you have to have this permit to be able to bring these into the state. Well, so now what they're saying is that I would have to set up an FFL in the state. And I'm like, well, my business is in Tennessee. See, my yeah. business isn't here. Glock is in Georgia. You know, H&K is in Georgia, Georgia Virginia, yeah. and, and SIG's here and everything. These manufacturers, uh, their reps have DWPs. If, if every state implemented this regulation that you're saying that everyone needs an FFL, then you would have to spend... Uh, 150,000 plus a year in just licenses to yeah. be able to operate in every state. And that's not counting the overhead for having a business there. Your rent costs, your staff and everything, your operating costs would be a minimum before utilities, a million dollars plus if you wanted to be a manufacturer and demo in other places. And my argument is if you have to have an FFL in a state, that's that's ridiculous because you, California is a big state. Yeah. So if I, if I demo in San Diego or I demo in Sacramento, does that mean that I have to transport back to that, that safe every single night? Cause that's unrealistic logistically. And if you're saying that I need an FFL in every location that I need to store, that's unrealistic financially. Yeah. And I mean, I can't set up an FFL in every single city in the country. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really frustrating. Well, what part of that, what part of that do you think is intentional though? I, uh, making, so, making it so hard that it, it is such a nuisance that nobody like almost serving as a deterrent in it, their mind. It's easy it's easy for for us to jump to that conclusion mm-hmm. because we're on the the, the receiving losing, end of it. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. losing side of it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that it's architecturally designed that way. Mm-hmm. I just think that the interpretation of maybe those in in the positions to make those decisions aren't very sure about the process because it hasn't necessarily been defined because it's 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 kind of it's kind of ridiculous because a lot of people don't realize that the state of california drosses more firearms than any other state in the union Mm -hmm. like we have uh and that's drossing it might not be sales i mean because you have cash in hand for tennessee and texas and stuff like that either way you slice but but there's a huge gun population in in absolutely absolutely and we're drossing we're drossing you know tens of millions of dollars a year but there's maybe a handful of people that are handling yeah. this process in the D- Department of Justice. It's, it's disproportionately uh, set up for the amount of revenue that it's generating. So it's like, why does that money go into a general fund? Mm-hmm. It's like it needs to go back to the people who are actually, you know, let's let's go to shooter education programs for maybe lower income areas um, and educate those those communities. So m- maybe they... See, but then that's, that's where I think you are positively slightly i don't want to say naive because you're not a naive person but in terms of the intent the underlying intent i, I believe that that is somewhat done purposely i do I, I have to make the argument because there's no way someone's going to tell me that some of these some of these laws that they lack such a fundamental sense of common sense that there's no way somebody's going to tell me that this person didn't see this law and write it and really thought that this made sense from a perspective of protecting someone i'm not saying it's done to be malicious but they may they may have their own agenda in terms of their ideologies regarding but firearms. Who? I mean, it's easy I to say they. I, that, but whoever's in, whoever's responsible for putting a number of these laws into place. Yeah, it's it, because it's. But not, that's a legislative process. I understand that, but 
at the same time, but that doesn't but that doesn't mean that there are groups of people because as big as the gun community is in California, yeah. there's a, there's a just as big a group of people who Agreed. are totally against it. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Which would help foster that legislative process yeah. in their in their favor. And so and I and I go to one one like one law in particular is the idea that when I have a gun in my car here in Cali, I have to have it in a lockbox. And so what what is the motivation behind that other than we want to make it as hard as possible for you to access your gun. Yeah. And and I think it, what it does is it, in, like I said, it may not be malicious, but there is a preconceived idea that anybody with a gun is going to do something malicious with it. Yeah. So therefore, we want to make it as hard as possible for you to get to your gun to use it maliciously. Whereas people like you and I who are responsible people, we look at it from the standpoint of the only reason I'd want to get my gun and use it is to defend myself. And I should be able to swiftly be able to get a hold of the thing that I need to protect myself and do so. Yeah. And so to me, from a 30,000 foot view, it doesn't take a genius, a rocket science or somebody who is an expert in firearms to be able to understand what the implications of forcing me to lock my gun in a glove box or lock my gun in a trunk in order for me to not be able to access it, what that how detrimental that could be to me from a safety standpoint, unless you just inherently don't see guns as a as a adequate means of protecting yourself, and yeah. you don't want to see guns as a means to do that. Yeah, I don't want to go on uh, too too much of a, a side rant here, but mm-hmm. um, I, I agree with you, but I I, I disagree on the implementation because okay. I, I feel like I feel like most of the laws are implemented off of. Uh, the way a lot of our federal regulation can can come about or the discussion for people uh, say that there's a school shooting or something. Yeah. I feel like it's a media, uh, a media knee-jerk reaction that causes certain politicians like your sin boxers or mm-hmm. your um, you know, to jump up and say, hey, we need to do this or we need to do that. And that's that's when this stuff gets implemented. And and even even my situation, other people have got those permits. It's just it's how somebody is reading it. I don't I, I, I don't feel that I feel it's more of an ignorance thing where they're like trying to they're trying to figure out what's going on here mm-hmm. because I don't have the presentation of a Glock or a, a bear. It's, it's kind of synonymous to the, the protests we've been seeing recently. Yeah. Right. You know, you have your people who are peacefully protesting, but then you have your inserted agitators. Yeah. Which then rile up people who are just kind of in the middle. They're like, they don't like really what's going on. So they're protesting also. Yeah. But then you have the agitators that are like, look at what they're doing, you know, and getting the crowd revved up to do destructive things. I think, and I agree with you from the standpoint that, yes, I do believe some of it is just born out of ignorance. People wanting to kind of do the right thing, wanting to react to whatever has happened to force this conversation for them to do something. Yeah. But I do believe that within those institutions, there are some people who have their own agenda. and they Absolutely. Yeah, and Absolutely. They That's use, politics. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like they utilize their influence to influence people who don't know that much. Yeah. And they're, therefore, they, they go off. So if somebody comes to me, I don't know much about firearms, right? Well, let's say I have a friend who's who's part of. I'm the glad you're process. admitting that now. Yeah. yeah, of course. You know, I mean, if you don't know that already, you're an imbecile. Um, but you know, and, and I'm like, hey, you know, like you've you've been onto this. You know, let's let's say I'm I'm I'm, I'm like I'm like, hey, Diane Feinstein, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Tell me, what what do you what do you think I should do in this regard? How do you think I should do this? She has her own agenda. She, but she does know more than this person here because she's been trying to force feed her agenda for a while now. But if I don't know much about firearms and I don't understand that then I'm going to take her advice and say, you know what, I'm going to defer to her on that. Yeah. Then, I, then I implement these rules and these laws that are really actually in contrast to affecting positive outcomes. I may not do it knowingly, but I am doing something that's hurting my constituency. 
yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's why I think the ignorance and then the kind of deliberate pushing of an agenda on, on certain particular people's parts who are, as I to, to further my analogy, agitators, yeah. um, on people who are probably well-intended. Yeah. You know, I've met countless people who I've talked to who are, they, they shriek at the thought of gun ownership, but not because they just hate guns. They just don't understand it. They, yeah. they, they, they haven't lived with it. I was that, I was yeah, that guy. Ignorance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you being out here in California, you, you, you probably entertain more of these people than anyone. Yeah. You know, or at least you come across them and you deal with them. I don't know whether or not you engage them in terms of this discussion on a, on well, a regular basis, but how do you usually deal with that? Or is that something you don't really do? Yeah, I, I do. Um, uh, if you don't mind me jumping back real fast. Yeah, like, I, like, I, I just like, realized I yeah, changed yeah. topic on you for yeah, a second. Yeah, um, go ahead. So to your point about the, the whole glove box analogy, mm -hmm. it's so funny because people, people give hypothetical scenarios all the time mm -hmm. and people hate people hate given these different situations like oh if crackheads coming through your house no that's a legit concern yeah. right mm -hmm. but me living here in california at times or, or actually dual resident here in other places but um me staying here i've been you know following the laws within the state and there there have been several times where the the kind of curtain's been pulled back on the laws and i'm like dude, this is fucked up. And I, did I tell you about the, the whole Big Bear thing with the... You, the Adorner? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, so, let, yeah. so let me explain to everybody about this is, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with like the Chris Dorner thing, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Dorner was a uh, LAPD officer and long story short, ended up having some differences of opinions, blah, 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 blah. And at, there was... Anyways, he ended up killing some police yeah. officers, and there was a big manhunt, and it was national news, and everybody's like freaking out, like these uh, LAPD officers mistakenly shot this uh, these Korean ladies in a truck that they thought was yeah, home. yeah, I remember that. I man. mean, it's like they, they tore that truck up. Law enforcement yeah. was on edge. <laughs> there was this crazy yeah. like search going on for them, and I film at Big Bear a lot in uh, Mojave and a few other places and stuff like that in California, and it just so happened that my my camera guy ended up messing up one of the shots, and we had to come off of the mountain and and reshoot the following day. So we're like, we're gonna get up there super early. We're gonna get set up. We're gonna knock the stuff off. And, and head out and so we got up there really early and then about middle of the day we saw what was like a drone a, a yeah. windowless plane fly over us and we're like oh that's probably not good yeah and so i take and i i take and i start packing gear up with my camera guys and everything and we load up and this is this is about a good hour drive off of any paved road it's about mm -hmm. i'd say 30 miles on like a four-wheel drive fire trail and to get to this private property that we film on and all of a sudden we see this suv roll up and it's sheriff's department these guys you know have their plate carriers on ak's and everything it was very surprising to me that they had ak i was but, i was actually i was like do he yeah, misspeak or no no was no, he, no. Yeah. It, it, it was because it was i was like i was like really an ak <laughs> like this is gonna be a fairly long distance engagement yeah like considering the location you guys are uh, yeah, but whatever i just need her here nor I mean, there you know, who, sometimes 13 I mean, they, MOA rifles yeah. work. Who, who's this armchair quarterback <laughs> over here who's who's shooting guns on the mountain and then like they do it for a living to yeah. to cast an opinion but um anyway so he's he's like you guys got to get off the mountain i was like well okay 
first of all, this is like private property, but I get it. I know what's going on. He's like, yeah, there's a potential murder suspect that's going to be coming down this ridge. And so we were in close proximity to mm -hmm. the cabin, but the way that the, the layout of the terrain was, the cabin was up on the mountain. We're halfway down the mountain, but there's the, this ridge that leads down there from the, the community and everything. And they were worried that he was going to flee that direction. Gotcha. And, and so when uh we had already packed up i was I was like you know just to inform you guys i have firearms on my possession it's like is it okay because it's against the law to transport mm -hmm. a loaded firearm on, without the appropriate licenses like uh in this situation is it okay for me to transport uh with a loaded firearm for personal protection in case we run into this guy and he took a really 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 long pause i mean this is like 20 seconds seemed like an eternity he's like you should be all right. And then I'm like, I don't, I like, I don't play that game. Yeah. I'm not, I, I honestly, I, I was, you asked I, honestly I kinda, for the I, sake of being I, nice. I, was, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't asking for permission. I was yeah. kind of asking for forgiveness yeah. in a, in a way, but, um, before doing it and the, the, my, my whole thought on it was like, first of all, he's, he's, he's not technically, uh, an enforcer of that, that mm -hmm. specific law. And technically I could, uh, I could argue that because we are on federal property and it is technically hunting season, uh, I am a, a licensed hunter. I could technically say that this is my loaded firearm for that, yeah. not personal protection. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I said, okay, well, we'll head out. And there's only two ways but off did of you, the, I'm going to pause you just yeah. for a second though. Do you see the irony? Here I go with this irony fetish again. You see the irony in what you said? What's that? In terms of being able to justify why you had a gun on you for hunting purposes no, versus I, personal protection. I know you did. I, I, I'm kinda, I just want to highlight that so I, people who don't miss that 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 point because yeah. it's 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 brutally insane that in order for me to justify me protecting myself, I, I can I have to do it under the guise of that I'm hunting. Yeah. Like versus protecting myself from an already established known killer. Yeah coming in my direction and this this is it this is a very like this is this isn't a hypothetical this is a yeah. very real world scenario and your adrenaline get, starts get pumping and everything like that when you know that this is this is like an active shooter situation mm -hmm. too and and so i'm like okay well there's only two ways off the mountain which way should we go and he's like you need to go back that way and there's going to be a roadblock set up uh, for you to get back out onto the road uh, I was like, okay, uh, we'll head that way, and 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 I just have my camera guys and yeah. stuff with me, and none of them are uh, really r shooters or yeah. educated shooters mm -hmm. at that. I wouldn't trust them with a firearm. Um, but, you know, if we're at the range and I'm RSO and I'm instructing them, I'm watching them, supervising it. That's one thing, but I'm not going to give them a loaded firearm and transport while we're bumping up and down these roads and stuff like that, and them, you know, accidentally flip the safety. So I'm mm -hmm. the only person who's proficient enough to to handle a firearm and even that's subjective right yeah. uh, but i, I kind of I, I like I agree, I agree with you and then i slightly disagree yeah yeah um because i i feel like i here's the thing yeah. I, I don't want to hit a bump and somebody discharge a firearm yeah like that i get me. yeah, I, yeah but, that that, that um, part i get so yeah, that, that's 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 the rso i mean saying ah, yeah. well, I, i'll take my chances with the the shooter in the woods mm. but uh but so so on that drive i i've never really driven my truck like that uh, beat the crap out of it mm -hmm. trying to get out of there and there's some sheer cliffs and stuff to get out and it was kind of crazy because the this whole drive I'm thinking about these laws that are implemented that give me a significant disadvantage in mm -hmm. this this personal protection situation and 
And this is the base of my argument for a lot of people. And, and I try to explain to them, I was like, look, your law that you impose on, on law-abiding citizens says that you have to have a bullet button on your, your black rifle. You have to have a 10-round magazine. And all of this stuff I'm complying with. All of this stuff, this criminal is not complying oh. with, and this is this is a known murderer, yeah. and I'm in a significant disadvantage. Should we get into a situation where You're I need to defend by. myself, yeah. and and that's the state. The state did this to me. That like the state didn't put me in this situation, but it, it's preventing me from, from being f- from being at equal. It, it, uh, uh, Odds, yeah, right? being in a position where you can adequately do what needs to be done. Yeah, to make and that, that was like really eye-opening yeah. and frustrating for me. And we made it back to the to the road and everything. And my camera guys are very like kind of hippie-ish in that sense. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, you know, bad stuff can't happen to us and everything. And they're like, just like, oh, this is this is crazy. All this law enforcement and stuff like that. And so as we get the roadblock, you know, I put my hands on the on the steering wheel like this, and mm-hmm. the guy starts walking over. And uh, I made sure I had my window down before he started walking over, so my yeah. hands aren't moving. I mean, these guys that already have yeah. already shot, shot like these Korean yeah. Korean ladies, yeah. and, and like I'm, I'm a white guy. I mean, I, I I'm the same gender, so like maybe that means I'm more prone to being shot at or something. And so like my camera guy's like, hey, what should we what should we do? Like moving around and stuff oh, like that. God. And I'm like, don't fucking Fuckin move. move. <laughs> like be still. Yeah. And and like he's like, there's just one guy walking over. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. They, you don't know that that's the one guy mm-hmm. and so sure enough he walks over very casually very polite very nice guy and he's like hey um how's it going guys like good officer i just need to inform you that i have loaded firearms here on my possession um and uh here in the cab and everything and he's like that's great he's like so uh you mind if i have a look around he's like no absolutely mm-hmm. he's like you wouldn't uh, happen to have anybody in the back here no sir feel free uh, yeah. look in the trunk and everything like and the whole time i'm like i got my hands on the wheel and everything and like he's walking in the back i'm like still don't move still don't yeah, move yeah. little did i know that like as soon as he comes back around he's like okay you guys are good to uh go around the berm there and, and through the roadblock and i was like well i have loaded firearms on my possession is it okay if i if i unload them and uh and lock them up and store them for transport so it's it's yeah, compliant it's on the road yeah. and uh he's like no we've got too many on-edge police officers right now he's like it'd be best if you just got off the mountain and did it in a parking lot somewhere and i'm like well first of all that's that's crazy but um uh we go around the berm and then they had they had their riflemen uh on optics on us watching us we didn't even see them uh they were like watching our every move they had the department of homeland security the the universal soldier mobile <laughs> command center where it, like the tractor trailer comes yeah. out i mean this was a big, yeah i mean it was a big, big deal a big deal yeah. and then i look at cases like that with those those two criminals who broke out of prison here recently mm-hmm. and and everything and it's like you, you people people like to have these conversations about hypothetical situations they like to go back and forth and both sides like plant their feet in the sand and everything but it's not it's not really hypothetical i mean there these are very realistic yeah. scenarios and for it to happen to me it's like oh, okay wow this is this is this is this is why we we fight yep. for the right that we, yeah. we and look for a lot of these people's arguments too will be like well you're preparing for something that that's almost never really going to happen it's those one-offs and i and i have to implore people to understand even that even if that is true which i don't believe it is even if it is true the consequences are irreversible yeah the one time it happens i don't i don't i, I get this like one time 
Yeah. So if something happens and because I felt like I didn't need to protect myself or have something on me to protect myself because this doesn't happen in this neighborhood or this can't happen here, when it does happen, like when you're in a movie theater watching Batman or when you're in elementary school teaching kindergarten kids or when you're in church praying, when it does happen, then what? Yeah. Like I don't the, well, no, and it doesn't the, and, the consequences for me being prepared and being able to get out of the situation and not not being prepared in those situations are way more dire than the consequences of me saying, you know what, I'm just gonna prepare. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, guess what? Then I then I just look like somebody who overprepared. Or no, over, and I, I think we're, we're both you and I are on the same page, and yeah. I don't even want to say like uh, gun laws. I'd say more gun rights. Um, a lot of people they're when you you look to have certain gun rights as a civilian or somebody who's looking for personal protection inside the home or outside the home, it shouldn't be a legal issue for you to to say, hey, I'm gonna break the law and I'm gonna be alive though at the end of the day versus I'm gonna abide by the law and end up dead yeah. because I'm I'm that guy who listens to yeah, and now I'm a, now I'm a martyr for a law that should have yeah. never been in place. And and that's the, that's the thing that you the situation that you don't want to be in. A lot of people say that might be too drastic of a scenario, but it's not too drastic of a scenario. It's, it's, we just had a situation happen in New Jersey. You yeah, just had a situation. I, yeah, like the woman was on a waiting period. Yeah, she was on a waiting period. So that's another thing. I could I could I could come up with these all day long. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, I have a friend in the uh, the Bay Area, mm -hmm. and that was a perfect point in case where just a lot of people are like well why do people need to get going well as a tennessee resident you can go purchase a firearm you you dross it the same day mm -hmm. if you clear the the background check well in california you have to wait that 10-day period and uh, and again I, i'm not just trying to throw hypothetical scenarios this is a real world situation where this elderly couple lived in this house and uh, anybody can google this they can they can check it out um but um uh, i'm sorry uh, i misspoke it wasn't an elderly couple it was an elderly lady and her brother, brother. and mm -hmm. and what happened was the house was was constantly getting broken into and and there were the police reports to back it up and so um the brother at the time of filing the police report and everything mm -hmm. was just for the sake of argument say a sunday they filed the police report on a Sunday, and he he just so happened to have a shotgun, and the criminals ended up coming back within uh, I think it was two to three or four days, mm -hmm. uh, and broke into the house like forcible entry, and then they found that uh, the brother shot them with um, reasonable uh, intent or yeah yeah whatever. It was justified, forget, it was justified, justified yeah. self defense yeah. Um, it was a justified, and so had he not been there legally with a firearm, had she been there, and her house been broken into the first time, and she said, hey, you know, I need to protect myself in the home. I'm here by myself. My husband passed away or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and she went to Dros a shotgun. Had that happened the third day while she was still waiting Wait, for her 10-day period, that forcible entry would have happened, and it's like, you never know how these things are going to play out. You you don't have 10 days notice before the LA riots happen. You don't have 10 days notice before an earthquake happens and it's just logistically difficult for resources to get into the area so people look to feed their kids and they start, you know, 
breaking crimes or uh, committing yeah. crimes and stuff like that. So it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you you don't want to say that people are capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. You like to think that people, all people are civil and are, you know, like good yeah. human beings, but it's not the case. Things happen and it's it's better to keep people honest mm -hmm. knowing that they live in a society where people can protect themselves. And the irony is it's like, people who are against that idea of notion of like arming yourself and walking around with a gun in their minds they don't understand like why would you bother like why why are you doing going through such a pain like you're carrying a gun a gun and yeah. like carrying a gun on me is such a passive act to possibly defend myself at a certain point it's ridiculous yeah. my gun's on me i don't realize it until i need it yeah. it's it's a passive thing to do but because they've been i don't want to say indoctrinated um but they've developed how, however they accumulated the idea or perception of how they feel about guns because i can remember how i did mine mm -hmm. it was a lot largely due to what i saw in movies what i saw on tv it's just the kind of conditioning i've gotten uh, accustomed to the idea that guns are just inherently evil but when you think about it or in, cool or cool you see time. the cool factor yeah all but there's the time. but there's a distance there's a disconnect though yeah there's a it's cool because i'm watching it and observing it yeah you know from that standpoint but to actually engage it it's like no 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 that's not for me that's just for them the people in the movies or like the police officers and things like that. Yeah. But the one it also does is it cultivates an idea that I dependent, a dependency for my safety onto someone else. Yeah. It, it cultivates that and it fosters that idea of a lack of personal accountability for my own safety and the people that I love. Sure. Thinking in it, in it, the idea, if you think about it, of, oh, well, if something goes wrong, just call the cops. Like you don't, like for the ages, no. I grew up really thinking if something goes wrong, as long as I have my phone, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I mean, I, I had a girlfriend tell me one time. She's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm safe. You know, I, I pay attention to my surroundings and I make sure I have my phone on me. Like when I'm walking through a parking garage, I have my phone ready to hit 911. And then I was like, so what happens after you hit 911 and the guy standing in front of you? Yeah, that's the core of my argument. That's that's, that's where I plant my feet in the sand. I, 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 I sit down at the table with a lot of people and I have these conversations. Like ultimately at the end of the day, I... I never, I never say that I'm 100% this, this mm -hmm. is my opinion. Uh, well, no, I never say this is how I'm going to feel. Yeah. I say, this is my opinion. Please, if, if you're that passionate about your end of the mm -hmm. argument, change my yeah. mind. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I'm, I am open to banning all guns, mm -hmm. every gun, just destroy them, ban them, but tell me why, why? we should yeah. show me why. And if 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 you can change my opinion on that, then okay, then I I will I will I will agree with you. But it always boils down to that that same situation where it's like, no, this is my house. LAD LAPD response time is X amount. Mm -hmm. Let's just say let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Thirty minutes. <laughs> benefit of the doubt because I've called nine one one before. Yeah. And it's taken an hour and a half just to get through, not not for a response, just to get through. And that's because I saw somebody uh, in the middle of like one of these weird median mm -hmm. uh, things, and it was an extremely dangerous situation. Yeah. It's like, hey, you guys need to dispatch somebody out there mm -hmm. and make sure this person's safe. Um, and it, it took me an hour and a half to get through to him. So, uh, and I was hitting the emergency option too, gotcha. which was crazy. Yeah. So for me, the frustration that comes from that is is there is a lot of crime in certain areas in America. And if if you do have something that you care about, be it something like a, a, 
an object, be it this gold watch that you have, yeah. if it's if it's something that you love, like your dog, your child, your family member, something like that. If if something comes through that door or that window breaks in the middle of the night, are you gonna are you gonna rest all of your faith on that LAPD response time, or are you gonna have you know the the wits about you to go through like maybe like uh, uh, personal protection in the home course or something mm-hmm. like that purchase a firearm you know you, we can debate all day long yeah. about like what what type, what type of, of education yeah. and yeah. firearms and stuff like that are appropriate for people uh, inside mm-hmm. the home but at the end of the day the LAPD response time is not going to save or protect your family in the event that something's happening right now mm-hmm. and that's that's the argument that nobody can can really swayed me from. And that's mm-hmm. why I kind of plant my, my feet firmly in the sand. I'm like, no, these aren't hypothetical situ- situations. I've, I've not just been in a situation where people were like, hey, well, okay, I can see your point. Maybe having a handgun inside the house mm-hmm. is, is appropriate. No, I wanted a, a rifle. rifle. I wanted a black yeah. rifle yeah. on that's, the mountain with me that I could have a yep. standard capacity 30-round magazine, not a high-capacity 15-round magazine, mm-hmm. a standard capacity 30-round magazine in the event that we got into a, a shootout or something. Some people like they, they want to say, well, you know, that's not the tipple. It doesn't matter yeah. if I'm on the wrong side of that coin yep. and I end up end up getting killed in that situation. I might be a small statistic, but I'm still a statistic, statistic. and I don't want to die. And that's another thing, too. The idea that we create laws for the very minority few who do bad things for God. That's, that's, literally, that's literally what we do. Yeah. We, create, we want to create more laws for the minority, the very small minority of people who do bad things with guns. And then they say it's for the greater good. It's for, yeah. it's for to, make, to make us all safe. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not safe when someone's standing in my house wanting to kill me. I'm not safe if I'm walking down the street at night and someone's trying to kill me. At that moment, I don't care about the 90%. That's so rude. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I thought I turned it off. <laughs> at that point, I don't care about the 90% because right now I'm that 1% that's about to die. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. So give me what I need in order to defend that 1% moment that I have because otherwise if you can't do it and you can't put somebody there to do it for me, guess what? I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. And so I don't need you impeding on my ability to do it myself. And you know, it's crazy is that again, I go back to this, but a lot of people, a lot of people on the other side of the argument will say, well, you know, you can't just live your side. That must suck living your life in fear like that, that something bad's going to happen all the time. It did. <laughs> it happened. This no. is not, this is no. not, this is not a hypothetical thing that I'm, I, I don't, I don't live my life in constant fear yeah. that somebody's going to be doing this. Honestly, I, I live my life with the frustrations and, and the constant fear that I'm going to go to jail because I'm I didn't look at this regulation that is, right. That is that is absolutely absolutely true. That is that I am I'm more stressed about having to deal with figuring out the right way I'm supposed to do this because I do consider myself a law-abiding citizen. So even though I'm seriously I'm I'm literally co- comparing whether or not I decide to carry a gun, I might protect my life or break this law. I have to go through the pain state of f- figuring that out, reading the law and determining that. Yeah. And g- I mean, thank God I have a law degree to a degree where I can kind of understand <laughs> it. I, I can't imagine what other people go through who don't understand how to read laws. And now they're having to try to second guess themselves or figure out what is this law saying about whether or not can I carry it in my car? Can I not carry it in my car? Can I do this? Can I not do that? And then now 
I, for what? At, at what cost? We've yeah. prevented the one person we're not worried about from deciding not to carry that gun. But the guy who woke up that morning and you know, was like, you know what? I'm going to kill a bunch of people today. He didn't get on his phone to check the apps to see what the, kids to care, the concealed carry laws in his state were. Yeah. He didn't get online and go on the internet website to, to find out what the laws are for guns in his state. You know what he did? He picked up the gun that he bought illegally or stole or acquired legally but then decided to go nuts, which we can't prevent, yeah. and then decide to go out and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. And then at that point, the reason why he was able to do that in that immediate moment was because there was no one there because the guy who was going to bring his gun didn't bring his gun. And now he's there without a gun and couldn't do anything to stop it. Now, granted, I know I just created an entire hypothetical situation out of that. Yeah. But it no, is definitely something that can happen. So here's here's the thing, though, as far as everyone else is concerned on 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 their opinions mm -hmm. um, on the other side of the argument, though, is like they're like, well, you know, if the the firearm itself wasn't in the equation, they couldn't have went on this the mm -hmm. shooting. But the the solution, and if it, I was a wheel, I'd be a wagon. But here's the thing. You don't you don't you don't hurt this group because this group has the potential to do this. You figure out a solution to this potential situation and the problem is is the solution is way more difficult than banning guns it's 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 more difficult than regulations mm -hmm. and 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 education yeah i can i can educate you to be a, a safer shooter how to store firearms but uh properly or whatever in the event uh but that that's not going to address the inherent problems that we are we're, we're starting to develop as a society and and this is this is very very difficult pill for a lot of people to swallow and they're like that's just it's too broad of a generalization but it, like to my core this is what i believe the problem is is as society and the information social media and everything the we're going in a different direction than what our genetics and our our existence has always been in the past we we have been very much family or community oriented. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's, it's it's very easy for people to kind of see how people were in groups or packs in the past and how well we worked together and stuff like that. So the solution to the problem isn't necessarily banning guns. I feel like the solution to a lot of problems in society, not just shootings or whatever yeah. you want to say, is step one, you have to play an active role in your family. Mm -hmm. If your kids come home from school, something's wrong, you need to talk to them. You, you don't need to just have TV dinner time, you know, like sit around the dinner table. I know this is very, very idealist, but I feel it's extremely important for people. You sit, you talk with your kids, you talk with, you know, your nephews, your nieces, you find out what's going on in their lives. Is there a problem? Um, and, and you develop those relationships where it's it's easy to have that conversation back and forth to, to, to find out what's going on. And if there is an issue, you address it. You go to the school, you talk to the people. If there's a, an issue on a bigger level where you need to involve other parents and that's great you go to step two which is involve yourself in your community uh get to know your neighbors get to know play an active role in your community it's play an active role in your family play an active role in your community and then play an active role in politics and you 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 step up every every single level like that um it's too much responsibility it, it, it's way too much responsibility for the bulk majority of yeah. americans because they want to live in this isolated very selfish uh lifestyle that says hey i'm going to work my nine to five job i'm going to pay uh the 
the rent on this thing. I'm going to pay the lease on this thing. And all I can worry about is this. I don't have time to worry about this. But in doing so, that that little thing that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, in my opinion, is what's costing us our, and some people will call it our core values, but I feel like it's, it's, it's something more than that. We have a, a, a psychological necessity to, to interact with people on these mm-hmm. these personal levels and stuff like that. Maybe it's me being old school or something like that, but I like having these conversations. I like talking with new people here's and the, stuff like that. the funny thing. Where we are right now, that's not those concepts are now considered progressive. Yeah. To be honest with you, because yeah. we've we've kind of deteriorated to a point. And I hate to have this kind of like, oh, well, always us, the world's full of shit, America sucks. Yeah. Because that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I, what I am saying is that that idea, that that concept of being, being involved in your family, being involved in your community, having that idea. Yeah. It's... It's a progressive concept now. Yeah. Where before it was it was a conservative concept, but what has happened is there's been a vilification of the idea of conservative values. That's exactly it because it, the people people's perception of that see it as it's a conservative political. religious Gen, yeah. agenda mm-hmm. where it's it's like, "Oh, we want you to be a part of our church, church or yeah. th- this is this is our community." Mm-hmm. They think of community as organizations um, you know, be a activist groups mm-hmm. and stuff like that but that's not it it's like you start with the most core fundamental group in your life which would be your direct it doesn't necessarily have to be your 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 blood family mm-hmm. or genetic family whatever you want to call it. it could be you know if you're in a dorm room or something like that yeah. your your friends are you need to know the people that you're interacting with on a day-to-day like how they're doing you need people need that checking in and out you know mm-hmm. like hey what's going on with how's this doing and stuff like that and then the communities like i know so many people in la who have lived next to their neighbors for 15 20 years and no, never met them no. and it, like it completely blew a lot of the people that i know in the area this is this is kind of funny um it blew their minds when i'd i'd come next door or introduce myself hey what's going on my name's richard you know this mm-hmm. is i'm from tennessee this is what yeah. i do you know i'm in and out of town and stuff like that and uh and it was kind of funny is uh the department of justice does these investigations on people like me and stuff like that who have these different types of permits or mm-hmm. apply for these permits because what i might bring into the state and yeah. stuff like that so they want to no, make sure yeah. that your mental welfare is is uh is good mm-hmm. don't show any um domestic uh, abuse signs or mm-hmm. anything like that and uh so they'll canvas areas that you would potentially be in and talk to your neighbors and mm-hmm. talk to uh potential colleagues and stuff like that at random and some of the people some of the neighbors and stuff i'd i'd known but some of them kind of kept to themselves and it kind of like threw them for a loop whenever they say hey do you know that uh and then this is a completely different conversation but uh they're like you, what do you think about Richard? Has he ever shown any signs of aggression? Yeah. Is he like an angry guy? Yeah. If you've ever seen him beat his girlfriend or anything like that, has he ever kicked his dog or anything like that? Um, are you aware that he uh, is a, a, applying for this permit or has his permit to store assault weapons in the state and destructive devices and stuff like that? And a lot of the people's eyes just go, okay, what is this? What is this dude doing? Yeah. What is yeah. this dude doing? But do you and, see? The, you see the potential for like. The, the the slippery slope in that situation. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because like, my it thing sucks is, because they could they could literally be like, oh, I don't like that idea. He's a horrible guy. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And if it, it yeah, um, yeah, I, I I completely see that. And and if it wasn't, this is very egocentric for me to say, but if if I wasn't the outgoing mm-hmm. kind of 
nice guy that I am, it might be a little bit more difficult for the average person who might not be as sociable or not, not want to interact mm-hmm. with people on a way that I do. So yeah, that, and they could have the exact same intentions. They just not yeah. go about it the same yeah, way. They're, as just, me, they're so. just naturally introverted or recluse. Yeah, yeah just, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's not saying that they're a bad person. It's just saying just, that yeah, they're, they're just, just different. And, and so that, yeah, it's, it is a very slippery. And for yeah. me, it's, it's extremely dangerous because it raises, it raises a, um, a signal up in the air that says, hey, this guy has mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to break into somebody's house, house you're going to have to come it. armed, uh, but yeah. you might be able to find this. Off, and the, yeah. the irony of the situation is, is I never store anything yeah. in California. <laughs> I, like, I, uh, I, I'll bring stuff in for demo and stuff yeah. like that. But it still puts you in a precarious situation yeah, because uh, they don't know that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So. so we're both on YouTube. We both have our respective audiences. And it comes with a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't realize. You know, it's, I find it interesting how YouTube has kind of become this platform way bigger than I ever anticipated that it'd be. Um, I remember when I first came on YouTube, it was just kind of, I'm going to go watch a video here and there, kind of doing a little thing, and then that was done. Yeah. Now, most people don't even watch TV anymore. Like, it's YouTube content. Like, they, they consume so much content online now that TV is never going to be obsolete, I don't think. Um, some people may have their differing opinions, but a lot of it now comes from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I know me coming up um, as a YouTuber, it's it's a weird place to be because nobody really quite knows where to put you or what to make of you. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's not really the traditional channel by which people accumulate a following, you know? Yeah. And so with doing what you do, I mean, how, how have your experiences been? Um, I, I feel like it. It's really how how the media is consumed, and that this that hopefully this doesn't get too philosophical for me. But it's like you, me, me right? Me, me, me as a me as a consumer. Uh, several years ago, I was like, hey, you know what? TV is just I, I want it to be on demand mm-hmm. because when I when I came to LA, I found that Twenty Four dictated my life. It was like the f- first season of Twenty Four. DVRs really weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. And it frustrated me that on Mondays I couldn't do anything else. I had to make sure, sure. that I was at home to watch 24. And it was it was so frustrating to the point where I was like, I'm not going to watch it anymore. I didn't watch the second season because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be invested to the point where it like it ruined my, my day. I was just going to binge watch it whenever it came out on, on DVD. That's what I do. And so, and so soon as the whole... Netflix thing came around mm-hmm. that model of binge watching entire seasons like this is this Came is this standard. is where where mm-hmm. it goes yeah. because because I want I want a program or something that's long enough for me to be invested in the story and the characters that's more than an hour and a half that I would get from a feature film mm-hmm. and so I, I don't think TV will necessarily go away I think it's more dictated by the the behavior in which you're you're watching, watching the content yeah. right so mm-hmm. so if I sit on the couch I watch I watch YouTube stuff all yeah, the time so but it's it's like 30 to 40 minute lean back stuff like vice documentaries mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that and 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 whenever i'm on my laptop or on my phone i'll watch the the quicker pace stuff like what i do so mm-hmm. that's why it's really important for me to know who uh or w- how people are consuming the content that i'm creating and when they're going to be doing it so yeah. i try to make it that that really quick kind of here consume it on the go or however you're going to get it and then if if i were to sh- shift it up or something do like the mm-hmm. tv style stuff then you know it, it is what it is but I, I feel like that's that's kind of the 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 way into the mm-hmm. the YouTube world because there's so many different ways to consume YouTube in it general. It is, and then like, and, and at least for me, like I came up watching 
like a lot of people know me from the political commentary stuff, mm-hmm. right? But for me, it started with the gun reviews. Yeah, that was my that was my thing. That's yeah. what I like. You know? We go so like, far I'm, back. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> back in the day, when you had to set up YouTube, you had to like get the AOL connection, and you had yeah. to dial up and the tone. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Right. Like, I can't remember the first time. Like, I reached out. Was I reached out to you? Uh, and you were. You were. You, this was pre bar exam for yeah, you. And, yeah. And, and then, like, I remember. I remember <laughs> when you were like, you're like, yeah, I'm taking the bar, but then I also have this potential opportunity yep. to like host this thing and. And I'm like, all right, yeah, all right, nuts. I'll see you in two Talk years. About we're trying to remember. It was just yeah. it was just so long ago that we're trying to piece it the pieces back together. Yeah, because we always do that. We like we we're like one of those. It's like one of those weird friendships where like we won't talk for months. Yeah, and then we'll link up, and it was like I saw you yesterday. Yeah, and then it's like won't talk for months again. And well, it's, it's, it's a byproduct it's, of what we do. Yeah, it's it's uh, completely understood because yeah. we both like know that you get you get caught up in a production schedule mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. It's easy to like lose touch. It doesn't mean that you you're like dodging somebody yeah, or anything course. like that. But, but it, I try to I try to definitely let people communicate that because yeah. I'm such a scatterbrain and I can get so consumed, like you said, in what you're doing that it may seem like you're like you're just trying to put people off, but it's not yeah. the case. And because like this avenue is so different, it's not like becoming an actor or a singer where people have done it time and time and time again. Well, at least for me, I can speak for it's it's like majority of the stuff I do is on my own. Yeah. You know, I have help here and there with a couple of things, but like my online presence, all managed by me, all of that stuff. Yeah. So at a certain point, stuff is going to drop off the plate. It's just it's just a, it's just a byproduct of what I do. Sure. If I'm going to stay on my own, and so it's hard to type of to to keep up with the messages you get, then deal with the comments that you get, yeah. then deal with the people who are coming to you with opportunities that you don't want to put off, but you know that you can't take on everything. Yeah. But you don't want to miss out on opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah. You know, and then trying to deal with all of those things at the same time. It's like I'm feeling the weight of it. You just explaining it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's nuts, man. And and, and I'm not trying to garner sympathy. No, I get it. Call totally me out about it. it again. No, because you're gonna say yes, you are. But but I mean, but it is definitely it's definitely true though. It it, it just is what it is. You know, yeah. um, I I sit even me being doing what I do. We do essentially the same things, but with a different perspective and a different yeah. spin. But when I watch the stuff that you have to do, I'm even like. Damn, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into what you do for something that seems so simple. Well, yeah, you only have so much time in the day. And and so for you, what's interesting is for you to be able to see how I work and and how that that reflects and how our time management is mm-hmm. and everything like that and, and the type of content we create. And it's really interesting for me to be able to see somebody who, like, does really, really well well executed things for example let's take your instagram right mm-hmm. you take your instagram you take how you you implement that mm-hmm. on certain episodes and stuff like that the execution on that stuff's great and you can tell that you spend a lot of time on on the process of that be it in pre-planning execution sure. comments yeah. taking in content from viewers and stuff like that whereas you take somebody like me and you see how much time it takes on one camera shot <laughs> just for one shot right yeah. and so so it's it, you only have so much time in a day so so the amount of time that you're you're putting into this you're 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 gaining in in that mm-hmm. style of whatever content yeah. it is you're creating for me my time is only the exact same amount you know 
24 hours in a day. And yeah. so it's, it's focused heavily on this. So I neglect my Instagram. I neglect mm -hmm. uh, my Twitter and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's really fascinating to me to see the different, different social media personalities yeah. and how, how their time management spent and how they execute the, the stuff that they do. Because ultimately it's, 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 it's a clear result uh, or uh, it's a, it's a, it's a clear byproduct of, of why they're successful. And mm -hmm. like, it, you can just see how, how well that, that's worked for him and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's been, man, it's been, it's been a <laughs> ride. Like, and, it's, and it's interesting too, because like, I know with like me, like I get into it with like people who know me personally, they see me and then like, and you're always in your phone. You're yeah. always in your phone. You're always in your phone. Like all you, all you do is Instagram and, uh, and social media and stuff. I'm like, well, you have to understand, like, it's not just, I'm not just doing it for the fun of it. It, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I, I'm a personality to a degree. But yeah. people, people want people, my perspective. People on want stuff. to see stuff. Yeah. yeah, and and so I need to be able. And with the way things move, things move so much quicker nowadays than they did before. Yeah. you can't drop off the face of the earth for for no for, for, for um, three months and then expect to come back. People still give a damn about what you yeah. have to say. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. People with the way we all want immediate gratification, and it needs to be consistent, consistent, consistent. Um, and so with me. Especially when I'm I'm doing like when I'm filming for noir, my life goes to shit. It does. Yeah. It goes to shit simply because I'm not only managing having to deal with noir, I'm still trying to create content for the for the YouTube stuff and all the things that I'm doing with the NRA commentators. All of those things involve me having to put forth time. And then on top of that, when I'm dealing with a production crew that's working their ass off. You know, I, I, I don't, don't have to say that because they're in the room. Huh? I'm only saying it because they're in the room. Um, <laughs> but there, there is, there, I mean, there, is, there are times where I, I do have to check myself because I forget that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I forget yeah. that and because you become so self-absorbed in what you're doing. And then it's like, well, there's a group of people who are working to put this thing together. That's, that's that's equally important. Nothing I do is like less important than the other. Yeah. And, and that's, it kind of sucks, but it means a good problem to have. Yeah. But it's it's i'm learning as, as it goes on i'm learning we've had you know we've had our scuffles you know our head we, we come at it sometimes but i think that's a beautiful process the creative process because everyone around me is really creative um and, and I, lo <laughs> I love that it's funny as you um you, you talk about the uh the the frustrations i love i love those uh dave uh my camera guy is so funny he is he is such a cool dude such a cool dude you got a uh, meeting yesterday yeah but he uh He's so funny. It's like you you work with these people for so long, and it, you you get to know them very much like family. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, anybody else, I'd be offended by it. But how he explains it is is I get so focused on the task in front of me and and the shots that need to be done and how we're going to achieve them. And I neglect myself throughout the day. And I'm, I'm, I, I try not to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm direct with like how I, I speak. Some people might see it as, as very like off-putting where I'm like, I just, like he's just to the point and he's kind of emotionless in how he's saying it. It's like, well, I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to be yeah. uh, coddling. This is what needs to be done. Do it. And then I'm, I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. And, and so that can come across as callous to people certain times. Uh, but 
uh dave is so funny he's just he's he's such a cool dude man he like uh anybody else who says this but he he probably throw a curve at me but he's like here take a shut the fuck up bar (laughs) because because uh, because i go throughout the day so Mm. focused on everything that i don't hydrate or i don't eat and and then that starts taking uh yeah. effect on me as far as yeah. like my energy and mm-hmm. my ability to think and he's like you just need this just yeah. take a second yeah. drink this or, or eat this and and we'll get back to it and I'm like oh, okay I get it I yeah. get it and yeah. it's fun it's th- that that's that's the that's the part of the process where it's like if it was all work and it wasn't enjoyable or anything like that I wouldn't do it so no. and that it wouldn't that, be worth it yeah and, <laughs> and 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 having having people around you that are supportive of the stuff that you do and like having him you just you know learn to skydive with me mm-hmm. and all this other stuff it's it's definitely a friendship you know yeah. you and, and and it's not just not just with the people that I I directly work with but it's also the community be it the viewers and I know it sounds like oh it's a circle jerk but it's true it's like the you know, there's so many viewers that have like uh, interacted with me on social media and they're like oh wow this dude actually talks back you know and communicates with me and then we find out what's going on and like their perspectives on yeah. thing and and then other creators too you know the they find out like hey mm-hmm. the struggle's the same you yeah, know like yeah, w- yeah. you and I are very much the same and and when it comes to firearms and stuff like mm-hmm. that but even with certain other creators yeah, it's yeah. like okay we're de- dealing with the subscription boxes and all this other <laughs> stuff and everything it's like yeah I mean these they're their first world problems are good problems to have yeah. I'm not running from um, a leopard that's fucking chasing me while I'm trying to sleep at night or something like that I'm I'm dealing with chasing you while you're sleeping. Yeah, or, or yeah. Well, <laughs> that's hey. I'm glad you were paying attention to what I was saying because I just started running out the mouth there. <laughs> Maybe I should have a shut the fuck up no, bar. But but you are right though. I mean, it's definitely. I don't want. I don't want anybody to hear this and think that. Oh, what was us? Yeah, no, like, no. Like we love. I love this yeah. shit. Like I, I do. I'm, I'm. I have a very passionate personality, and I want passionate people around me. To some people, they may think I'm crazy. No. Um, you know, I have people like that are just like, do you stop? And I'm like, maybe. Um, it just yeah. depends. It's just because it's it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. When I put my videos together, they're not perfect, but I put my I put my heart and soul into these into yeah. this stuff. You know, like I will I will write a script for something, tear it up, just because I don't like the way it communicated. I'll, I'll do it over and I'll do it over again until I feel like it's right. You can tell when somebody phones something in. Yeah. Oh, hell because yeah. It, because as a viewer, you develop a relationship uh, with that creator to yeah. the point where it's like you 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 know where the bar is for them being authentic, mm-hmm. and when they start phoning stuff in, or they get too too over overly worked. Yeah. You know. And yeah. You can that, see it. That's that's definitely you can see a lot of people get burned out, mm-hmm. and you're just like. Ugh. One thing that I have noticed is it's, it's. I never thought I'd be in a position where I had to be very cognizant about what I'm communicating to the rest of the world. How so? Um. Because of what I, because what I'm doing now, and, and being kind of a visual person up front, I have to be very responsible about the message that I'm putting off, even when I'm not trying to communicate a message. Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest and, here. Like you're uh, not overnight, but you definitely mm-hmm. became the face of the African American community when it came to Second Right, uh, Second yeah. Amendment rights advocacy, and um, they're traditionally. I mean, you have a plethora of guys like me, balding. Mm-hmm white americans who uh, are vocal about their their rights and everything but when it comes from women to uh, african-americans on both sides of the sex it's just you you just being who you are and what you're representing is the target not just just 
anything you do will I think it, it's, it's potentially have that it's the, taken out of context. Yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the, there's the African-American component. There's also the age component. And then there's also just the lifestyle component. Yeah. And then they all come together and then you can see that in just the, the people that follow me. And it's a myriad of different dynamics going on. Agreed. Um, one thing especially is um, the idea that somebody like me who lives the way that I live, I, like I live, I live on main street, like, in the heart of downtown can't yeah. get more concrete jungle than that. Yeah. And, but yet I still have guns like as if I live theoretically or stereotypically in the, country. in the country, Yeah, you know? And, but it's a, it's a part of my lifestyle and it doesn't dictate who I am just because I have this. It doesn't mean that I'm, I think this certain kind of way, or I can sure. only be this type of person. And so what comes with that as well though, is I almost have to be an example only because I'm public. I think people do this on a daily basis, but I think people use me to see, are they really, is it really okay for people who live like this to own these type of guns, to do these things yeah. in this way and responsibly? And I have to kind of be that example, whether I want to or not. It's kind of the age old, it's the age old Charles, Bar Charles Barkley thing, are you a role model? I don't even remember what he said. I just remember it was controversial. I think he oh, said. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. I, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying though, is it's the, the the kind of dynamic that it, it 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 presents is if you were an old black man who was like hey you know i like guns it might not be as as pointed as, as pointed <laughs> as, as if if you're like no hey i'm young i'm hip and that arguably not one of those things by itself mm -hmm. is is that much of a for lack of a better term, let's just say grand slam. Yeah. To but all those components together has the potential to change a very very prominent stereotype. Mm -hmm. Where you know you you get into these stereotypes of like oh well African Americans vote Democratic yeah. or they're anti-gun or they're very religious or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean stereotypes in general like they're there's something to them. But they're very hard to break for a lot of a lot of different ones that exist. And for you, you're, you're kind of in that other direction, and people see that, and mm -hmm. that's why you have that big target on your back. Yeah, it, because because to uh, a gun regular regulation group, uh, advocacy group, or something like that, you would you'd be a massive threat because you present something that's completely against the status quo for them. Uh, where they're like, oh no, the, the African American community supports yeah, us. Yeah, we, they, they, they don't, they don't no like, yeah, to act. Like, because, like they own it. Yeah, because white people yeah, did that for a long, for a long time. time. They use their firearms to, to you know, oppress you yeah. and, and and everything. So. And, and, and and which it begs the question for me sometimes, and it's a controversial statement to make, but it's like if if, if you had if, guns at that time, like it's kind of the idea. It's like wait, so let me get this straight. I'm supposed to follow you because the white people who had guns before you were using it to oppress you, oppress me. Yeah. So you want me to not have guns and continue to not have guns because of what they did with the guns. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. And, and, and I think it's an insult to our intelligence from that perspective. Yeah. And there's a lot of ignorance that, go, that follows along with that. They just, some people just don't know. And unfortunately, I feel like I represent a lot of guys. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on a very minute aspect of whatever my draw, my appeal is. But as being a young black guy, uh, there are shit tons of guys like me yeah. out there. there yeah. Are. They're, yeah. They just they're just not as vocal as I am, um, but they're they're out there. And for a long time, they've just kind of 
kept to themselves because that because of that stereotype of yeah. I'm just gonna keep this to myself because the moment I show myself as a young black guy with a gun, I'm off, I'm automatically gonna be deemed a thug. And a part of that, yeah. unfortunately, is due to some of the things that we glorify in our community. When we talk about, it's like I love music. I love it. Love music and I love movies. I love all of those things, all the sorts of entertainment. Unfortunately, though, um, it's gone above and beyond just sheer entertainment sometimes in our community. It's almost been a glorification of some of the lifestyles that's yeah. being represented and say some of the music and things like that. Yeah. So it it, it, foster, it further fosters the idea that all young black guys are this but way. But I feel like, I, I feel like the, the music industry has the potential to change perception um, even if they are glorifying certain things to an extent, because let's be honest, like maybe maybe firearms are being glorified, but maybe that uh, the the hip hop community and that that type of glorification can change things, like they changed uh, society's perception on mm-hmm. big asses. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Am I right? You didn't think I was going to go there. I, didn't but I, know, did. I really didn't you think look, you were going to go look, there. You, you, kind of threw me you look at the hip hop influence not, have, on asses you over have the a, years. You have a black, when you have a black man in a chair and you say and you say black ass and you say asses, it's going to perk me up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so you got to be careful when you do that and use that very responsibly. It's right? so funny, but, so. You, you, but you can't deny it. You can't deny it. <laughs> Women doing lunges these days it, no, compared there has to been, 20 there, years there, ago. There has been a complete transformation from a almost apathetic ass view on asses. Yeah. And it's gone from, it's gone now to the point where they're injecting themselves and right? getting bigger asses. Am I complaining? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> However. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We're not. We're not. This is podcast material too. But yeah, but 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 it's it's something that sometimes you almost have to go below the surface to, to realize. Like so, when somebody sees like for me, like what I do is kind of very blatant. It's almost literal, you know. I stand up and I talk about the political components about guns. Yeah. Um. Somebody like somebody like you with the channel that you have, they may not. They may be surprised to know how passionate you are about actually defending the right. Sure, you know, maybe kind of, kind of catch them off guard. Like I didn't, I didn't know he was really kind of into the political stuff because people try to separate it. People try to act like, you know. And I had a conversation today with a friend of mine, and he was like, "Man, you know what?" He's like, "I love your stuff, man." And he's like, "But sometimes I kind of, kind of cringe when you start talking about the political stuff." And I was like, "Well, I get it. No, I don't. But I get it. <laughs> and but at the same time, you have to understand." And I told him this. I'm like. Well, it's because you have people who are adamant and vehement about protecting this right that you can enjoy what you, the, you enjoy guns the way that you enjoy them mm-hmm. without having to think about the political component. But the problem with that that mentality is it's still putting the burden on somebody else. It's passing the buck. Yeah. It's saying, you know what? They got this. They got these people over here that are doing it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here. I'm just gonna play with my guns. And I'm gonna have fun. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm the biggest advocate of that. However, um, at the end of the day, there's a very, 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 very serious underlying tone when it comes to firearms that is entrenched in politics, whether we want it to be or not. It is, and that's because there are people out there who, whether it be maliciously or just out of ignorance, don't want the right to continue the way it does. When you have people, and, and there's this idea that. No one's trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. No one's trying to do this. But yet, to the contrary, you have people like Bill Maher who say the issue is the Second Amendment. We have to start with the Second Amendment. We need to repeal it. 
things like that. When you have people talking like that, that that concept, that ideal isn't far off and it's not that far gone. Um, so with someone like you and people realizing how passionate you are, I think it's a, it's a, a definite positive, especially for people who are just used to just watch, consuming your content and moving on. Yeah. You know, knowing that, wait, wait, hold on. There's, he's serious. Like this is not just all funny games. This is, this yeah. is something that I take up the responsibility for. And I, th- I think that needs to be, and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to make a, the massive assumption that a lot of the other people who are doing what they do with, with guns on the, on the internet and so forth and so on aren't the same way that you and I are. But I think it does us an incredibly, it, it does an incredible service for what we're trying to do as far as maintaining this right. Yeah. To have people like you who on a surface may seem like I'm not necessarily full blown into it, but then to realize like, oh no, he is. Yeah, and, you know, and and it takes people back, and it causes them to reevaluate themselves. It's a constant struggle, um, and and trying to balance that uh, entertainment and news mm-hmm. side of stuff because there, the, you know, we had this conversation earlier where we were talking about how news itself has become uh, an, a source of entertainment, yeah. and and certain shows can hide behind the comedy aspect of their show and say, hey, we're not a legit news organization. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just poking fun uh, when the they reality will, is they that know everybody's Bolton, consuming it yeah, as if it's real news. Absolutely. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have news organizations which try to sensationalize to the point of becoming entertainment yeah. to get people to come back. And and so for me, I try to try to make sure I define that as much as possible that, hey, look, this is this is me. This is the entertainment side of yeah. what I do. This mm-hmm. is purely exhibition. And and so uh, I try to keep a lot of the political stuff outside of every single video because at some point you burn viewers and stuff yep. like that because I rely heavily on SEO. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get in that political uh, conversation, you start drawing lines in the sand. And that's not to say that I won't have the conversation, which I do in the mm-hmm. comments and I do uh, with people on blogs and, and people who respond to me via Twitter and even video responses and stuff like that. All day long, I'll, I'll definitely take up that conversation. But there's different times and places for it. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna pick that, pick that battle every single week, yeah. um, and and use that as my primary source of entertainment for, for gotcha. people. Yeah. But um, I mean, if anything, I mean, I deal with it more than most people mm-hmm. do, um, just with the regulations and stuff. And a good example is is not just the firearm side, but the explosive side of stuff. And uh, and you know, I originally went the criminal justice route way back in the day, and never went as far as you far as actually going to law school and taking the bar and everything well yeah well one could argue but um the thing is the law fascinates me and if i if i hadn't been fascinated about this this whole process and and everything arguably there's no way i could have done it because i would have gone broke by now and and you know i try to mentor other creators out there large or small and you know give them advice here and there as you know like i don't want to come across as arrogant or anything but you know i try to point things out to people and i'll do some more stuff here far as like uh, legal uh, education and stuff like that. And a really good example is binary explosives and uh, or reactive targets. And Tannerite, as it's uh, primarily known, or the patent written for ammonium nitrate and uh, the aluminum powder, they're both two non-explosive components, right? You take uh, ammonium nitrate, you take aluminum powder, it's 50 mm-hmm. state legal, you can get it anywhere. And and when you mix the two, it becomes uh, uh, reactive, yeah, yeah. and so it takes a specific velocity to uh, velocity of detonation for it, and um, and that act itself is interpreted in so many different ways, 
And so what I try to tell these guys who are creators as far as the firearms industry, and this kind of goes back to me saying that I'm just terrified of, of more of the being prosecuted than I am a, a criminal, criminal for the most part uh, because it's what I do for uh, for a living. And and so I, I look at <laughs> kind of uh, legal licenses and permits and stuff like that, be it federal and state, kind of like Pokemon. I just want them all. Right. Because I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how how somebody's going to enforce this thing and right. think that I need this. And, you know, I was talking with uh, the um, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, Explosives and um, and my agent was or investigator was was telling me, he's like, hey, you only need a permitted user yeah. for explosives um, for your stuff. And it's like, well yes and no because the way i i also want to i also want to manufacture i want to use binary explosives and he's like well you binary, binary explosives aren't regulated by us it's like well um they're two non-explosives and um he's like all right well we'll look into it and everything he's like just go ahead and apply for your manufacturing license and don't worry about it. it's the same price it's just a different check on the mm. on the box so honestly i don't know why anybody would get permitted user and but whatever uh maybe inspection or something like yeah. that uh, as far as their facility is concerned they might not be able to get it zoned appropriately for manufacturing and so um i did it and then lo and behold a year and a half later i started talking to different um federal agencies that were were kind of cracking down and regulating this stuff and they're like well yeah the way we interpret the law is um you know it's going to be bad when they start off by saying that yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and they're like well look it is 50 state legal you can buy it for personal use so if you go out and you shoot a reactive right. target and you shoot it out at the range by yourself you just shot it for personal use no entertainment value or anything like that you sir are an entertainer and if you monetize on that video, you technically profited from taking two non-explosive components, manufacturing an explosive and shooting it for profit on camera. And then one could argue, okay, I'm not going to put ads on that video. Well, even uh, the way the law is written is directly or indirectly profit. So you don't have to directly profit from an ad sale, but, but if you put it on your Facebook and you're an entertainer and you shoot a binary explosive, you indirectly promoted your business, which you make profit off, off of, of, which helped generate ad revenue. You can for make sale. those connections down to the breath that you take every yeah. second. So it's 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 one of those things where where I, I try to help as many other channels and and creators or whoever out as possible but i'm mm -hmm. like look this isn't a game yeah uh i mean you see me do something fun on camera that's great but it comes with an asterisk mm -hmm. you know like if you see me blow up even it doesn't have to be a car i could blow up a coffee can and because it was outside of the manufacturer's recommendations of having in a plastic container that they supplied with the binary explosive by putting it in a coffee can it it presented metal fragmentation, which made this a destructive device, which is felony possession. If you, you get caught with felony manufacturing, and they can get you so many different things, and th that will take a, take away your right to bear arms. And then it's like the, the just, like that. just like that, the consequences for the actions are like, that's why I say I'm on, I'm in constant fear yeah. that I'm like, I'm not complying at some capacity. And I know that ignorance is not a defense, but hopefully if, if that day ever comes where they say, Hey, you're not compliant, we're going to fine you be like, guys, look, 
if anybody has ever gone above and beyond, yeah. I get ink rolled and live scanned like 18 times a year for my licenses and permits. I mean, if you guys really had your shit together, I'd only have to do it one time. Yeah. But, but I'm fine with it. I'll give you your $150 every single time that I do it because I, I need this need to, 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 to run the business. Yeah, yeah. For, for business. But so it, it is, it is frustrating. I mean, I, and, and again, I, you know, I, a lot of people say, well, you should move out of California again. I'm, I'm not going to take take that defeatist ad- attitude. I mean, I, I do live in Tennessee, but, um, you know, I, I like to work in California, California because yeah. it's just it's just a great place to be. Yeah. So, Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things where there's so much that goes into it that, that you don't realize. And then the level of risk that you're actually taking, because, I mean, they know you. If they want to, they can come after you. They can come and make your life a living hell if they want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the same thing with me. You know, if, if they want to, um, they can make try to make an example out of me by just making it. It's so easy to make a mistake. Yeah. It's incredibly easy. Yeah. Um, there have been times where I've been in a car with somebody and we were we, we, we drove in. Don't and, say it. Uh, don't you don't what? don't don't what? you say it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hypothetically, <laughs> Hypothetic- I was in the car. Allegedly. Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Because. Allegedly, you could maybe inevitably prove. <laughs> Hypothetically, you can't prove shit. <laughs> Let's just say if you were in a car with somebody, somebody and it just so happens that you cross a certain border with a certain particular item, yeah. it's illegal versus not being illegal in the other place. Like that. It's that easy. Yeah. When you when you take a look at some of the cases that happened, like, um, I forgot her name. God forbid. I mean, I did a video on her. But the, the, the lady from New Jersey. Oh, yeah. You know, um, made an honest mistake and then tried to own up to the mistake and say and, and be forthright. Oh, and then and, they, and, and they went ahead and, yeah, and tried to make an example out of her. Yeah. Uh, uh, those aren't the people we're looking to go after. Like, yeah. that, we're missing the point here. A lot of it has to do with because we've politicized something that's not supposed to be politicized. Yeah. So now people are, are trying to make examples to push an agenda or say or to make a point when the whole. At, at, from I can ha- I have way more appreciation for somebody that says you know what I want to save lives so this is how I'm going to try to do it you may be completely and utterly wrong but when it when it boils down to just I just want to make a point I can't respect you I yeah. can't I just can't hmm. and so it's it's those things that like people don't realize how much of in how much like you're on the front line ironically enough man you don't know the half of yeah, it. yeah like, you know I mean it, it, it's a, a, another another thing like you uh, the firearms is one thing but it, like it's such an intricate web of of I I mean when people people say like you should just like leave the state uh, and not do business there it's like it like it does it does like I mean between state taxes and and everything like here's another example um, it, as far as the web goes uh, I don't I don't personally uh, smoke marijuana, mm-hmm. right? And Neither do uh, I. I. I never have because I, I can't uh, say that. S- since <laughs> well, I just yeah. I I've, I've been dealing with the federal government my entire life, gotcha. and so um, I I have friends that have, and uh, I have friends in the state of California who have uh, medicinal marijuana mm-hmm. licenses and stuff like that, which the state says that they may partake in that or uh, possess it and use it. And I can't allow them to come over to my house. And they're like, well, why, why can't I, I come over? He's like, well, um, I'll come over uh, maybe to your place. I can't be there whenever you're smoking or anything okay. like that. Because federally speaking, the, the federal government does not recognize the state's ability to 
permit people to do that. If I were to have, let's say, a random inspection mm-hmm. and I had an agent knock on my door and say, hey, we want to check out your safes and see what you are storing right now. I'd have to comply a little man, check things out and everything. And if you were in here and you had that on mm-hmm. you, that that is a felony. That's yeah. not that's not a misdemeanor. This is a federal crime, and the federal government doesn't care what the state says. Don't give a damn. And so, so the, it's this it's this intricate web of regulation that I have to always err on the side of caution and just just go above and beyond and go the Pokemon approach. That's interesting. No, <laughs> and, no and, and and it's funny that you say that because I've talked to like close friends of mine who don't understand why I'm so anal. I'm, I'm just, I'm very adamant about certain things. And I'm just like, yeah. I have, I have to be in control of everything that's around me. Because yeah. if I'm not alcohol, stuff, same way, stuff like, like that. We, we, we get yeah. some people want to have a drink. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm driving. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll just have one drink. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'll just take an Uber home mm-hmm. or something like that. And I just have to do it because and I mean, cause I somebody, run somebody getting caught drunk driving who doesn't carry a gun. Yeah. That's just it's a it's not just a DUI, but I mean you're, yeah. you're drunk driving. Me, with a gun in a car. Oh, it's because I a always headline. have one. Not only is it's a headline, and it turns into a massive felony. Yeah. On top of that. Yeah. So it's like, and then then that then there's the headline. Yeah. That 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 then that therein tells the re, the other additional responsibility I have because at that point I'm supposed to be a model citizen. I've touted myself yeah. as being a responsible gun owner. I'm the guy who's supposed to who's speaking for for all the people and saying we are responsible gun owners why are you coming sure. after us with these laws but then if somebody's able to write a headline that says Colin Noir found with guns and weed and alcohol and yeah. and caught drunk driving and doing all of these things it's it's kind of like it's 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 a high standard to live up to yeah but like my mother always says you made your bed now lie in it right now so that that comes full circle right so mm-hmm. this is this is all of the frustrations and everything that we have, be it with the regulations on a state and federal level and, and all this other stuff. But the, at, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't necessarily live in fear. I do this uh, because I enjoy it. Um, and though I do have all these frustrations, the mm. reason why I fight is because I believe in the right. Man, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this. Um, I've, like I said, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. I uh, don't always get the opportunity, you know, how time permits or whatever. But, I, I mean, if I can, we'll make this more regular. Absolutely. Uh, Happen on a more regular basis. Um, but If it, anything, it's great mental exercise because absolutely. Like you just being able to get your thoughts out there in uh, our busy lives and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it definitely but, helps. But most importantly, being able to talk with people who aren't afraid to offend. Yeah, that's that's me. I'll that's argue with the, you all day long. Yeah, and 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 then walk out of here and be, you know and be totally fine. That yeah. that to me is the, is the mental exercise that you just alluded to that I think needs to happen on a more consistent basis. Yeah. Um. And so and I will continue to try to do that and I will seek that out and search that out as much as possible. Um. I don't like being wrong. I'll be the first to admit it, but then I'll also be the first to admit when I'm wrong. Um. I don't care. Honestly, it's but I, it, it's, I like I'm like I, I I hate being passionately wrong. Mm-hmm. I hate when I'm passionate <laughs> about something and I'm wrong. But yeah. I don't care. I I I guess when I was I was in my early twenties, mm. I, I like to spew opinions at people and yeah. be right and flash my, my intellectually my, well, intellectual wit. I would I would I would I would like to think that it was uh, intelligence, but I'd say it was more arrogance than anything. And and as you get older, you like you start realizing, you know, like okay, let's let's just have a conversation. Let's. Let's see what we can do to actually further a conversation and actually get something done versus just just spew back and forth. At that each actually other. throws off a lot of people that meet me. 
What's that? They, 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 when they see my videos, they encounter my videos, and they confuse my passion for absolutism. Yeah. And when they meet me and have a conversation about I'm it. I'm all for, like, gun yeah. regulation, destroying all the guns and banning everything, but you got to prove, <laughs> prove it. it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make me understand why it's necessary. And it's interesting. Like I never looked at it from that perspective. I was always the, the devil's advocate about it. And that's I was. That was my medium for disarming. It was like we're having a conversation. Once I start going into an argument, I'm like, all right, fine. Let's back off for a second. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate yeah. from your position. And then I'll present them with an alternative explanation or alternative position, and then let them do with that as they will. Because once the egos get involved in the conversation, it gets it goes nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like for me, I love saying, I love Sorry, saying. Tyler. I love saying I love saying I love saying whatever it is that somebody wants me to say mm-hmm. started off that way because that that really help, helps me come from a place of of listening and and giving them their their mm-hmm. due and not just saying hey change my mind it's like no I want to ban all guns. I want to destroy all of them. Show me why we should and how we can do it. I love that approach. And if you I, 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 and, and I'm going to incorporate that into into my in the way I engage and talk to other people as well, because it, I, I think that. And I effective. believe a certain way right now. And if you can convince me to get to that point, I'm all for it. I, I'm all for just about anything crazy that you could think of in yeah. the world. But you just have to convince me why I should I should I should really believe that way. That, OK, that, that well, would naturally so, that would naturally assume that that existed. Yeah. I think so, so it would have to be something like, OK, uh, I, humanity is done on Earth. You know, we have this one ship that's going to flow through space however long it can live. We need to ban guns because it's just not necessary. The consequences for being able to have that on the the spacecraft and this one person wigs out and just destroys humanity, then it, it becomes to the point where, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I could potentially see that. But it's like, it's, it's for me, it always boils down to certain things like, you know, it, again, personal protection in the home, outside the home or whatever. Uh, do and, and some people will really disagree with me on this, uh, especially those who believe in, 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 you know, civilians should have every right that the government has. Well, I, I don't I, honestly I don't even I don't even know about that I mean that's a conversation I'd like to have but I don't have a firm opinion on it because I have these generalizations and ideas in my head that I haven't really developed a, a concrete opinion on but I do believe that it's not in humanity's best interest for people to carry around nuclear weapons on their person and and be a religious ideologue or, I mean I've done or, a video on uh, it yeah, I mean it's it's it's, like, it, it's it, the cost benefit ratio the, the cost benefit ratio makes no sense yeah it's self-destructive. It's, it's completely so it defeats the purpose for why I'm carrying it in the first place, which yeah. is why I don't want to carry it around in a yeah. suitcase. Yeah. Um. But I also think that a lot of the reason why you have so much faith in presenting an argument that way is because there is no logical way to explain away natural rights. Yeah, absolutely. The idea of absolutely. protecting yourself as a natural right. Well, that's why I say you can't, you nobody, can't. Nobody's been able to get me past yeah. that point of yeah. a personal protection. Uh, I mean, granted, I do. I do. Um. I, I prefer. Uh, hunting and and everything mm-hmm. versus farm raised um, and everything it's just it's just especially now it's kind of like becoming that that kind of <laughs> trendy thing which is kind of ironic Not because it was the way it started yeah but it now was, with like factories yeah. and stuff like that and all these documentaries mm-hmm. on human rights or uh, uh, animal rights, rights advocacy yeah. and stuff like that it's like people are leaning more towards hunting which could ultimately drive up the prices of tags and and make hunting more expensive and not economically feasible for people to put meat on the table but anyways uh i I like i just like having those given the take right yeah i mean i i mean at some point like you look at things like um freedom of speech and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i mean 
yeah, I mean, freedom of speech is, is an inherent human civil right, you know, like being able to speak your mind. But you look at the Internet and everybody everybody uh, flooding false information saying, and oh it makes it so much more difficult yeah. to actually find, find what the truth is. Real information. Yeah. But then again, you have to deal with the alternative, which is there's no access to the real information. Uh, and then that gets into a yeah, capitalism situation where it's like, okay, well, why not, why not um, you know, let that happen and then ultimately people will be so frustrated with false information that they find a way to mm. to weed that stuff out mm -hmm. and they do it on their own. And, That's and why people so, always ask me why I don't just jump on subjects the moment they come out. Like right. something will happen and they're like, why haven't you said anything about it? It's because I, I haven't formed haven't an opinion. On it yet. I haven't formed an educated like opinion. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's the one thing yeah. I will not do is I've learned my lessons yeah. in life. Don't be passionately ignorant. Exactly. Don't be passionately ignorant. That's a great way to end this. Um, my apologies, guys, if uh, there was a little bit of audio issues and stuff. We're trying to film some of the noir season here and while we do the podcast and everything so my apologies if the audio went up or down i got the dogs running around in here so here's a a little bit of all right buddy he's telling me it's time to eat <laughs> so uh yeah my apologies if uh any of the audio or anything in this was a little bit up or down and uh yeah Next time it'll be a little bit different. We'll 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 lock down the set a little bit more, and uh, we'll make sure everything, all the audio and everything's monitored all the way through. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Again, special thanks to the sponsors of this episode, LeadFarmerClothing.com. Pick up a limited run full mag operator hat and use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout for 10% off. Along with Black Rifle Coffee at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Go there and check out all the new flavors of uh, roast there and pick up some of the new K-Cups. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for all your support and everything I do. Don't forget to get your pet spayed or neutered so I don't have to rescue any more animals anytime soon. And I'll see you all next time.